<laughs> Bore me. Never. Okay. Spiders um, are scary. So spiders are very scary. We're just recounting the time when Angel and I were in North Carolina doing a clinic and she was preparing Nick and I some food because she's the most amazing event manager we've ever had, period. Um, <laughs> when she opened the raspberry container and out crawled a spider. <laughs> oh, gross. Ugh. She threw the raspberry container across the camper. while It landed in the sink, okay? That was like the most graceful way that it could have just gone into the sink and just... <laughs> There wasn't like raspberries everywhere, so <laughs> I tried oh. to keep it as controlled as possible while throwing with fear. <laughs> um, that's actually a really good lead-in, I guess. So, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, welcome. <laughs> I am on so many drugs that you can't even hear the sickness anymore. It's awesome. So, <laughs> um. If you listen to the last episode, I'm warring with myself right now about doing a New Year's Eve episode or doing a follow-up episode, probably a little bit of both, and then I'll probably just, like, put this one after New Year's or two in a week. I don't know yet, but sorry you get to listen to the thought process, everyone. <laughs> um, so with that conscious string of thinking, if you listen to the last episode that we made, it was called, like, Get Slapped with Audience, and we talked about avatars and surveys and all that. <laughs> Um, audience surveys and all that jazz and one of the things that I thought about after we recorded that that I think is really important to bring to light is when I say that you have to pick like when you build your audience avatars and you like create your whole program around yourself or um, like if, if you're like me where you build your whole program kind of around Angel when I built the <laughs> clinic program like you pick that one person that's what you build your whole everything around your audience avatar you got one avatar you're doing that thing um i've heard a lot of my students say but catherine then i'm excluding all of these other people that are really awesome like i have um a student out in north carolina as part of my group coaching program his name is zach and when we first introduced this idea his whole brand was rowdy dad industries and when i had him create his macro audiences his audience avatar, he was so nervous that he was going to be excluding women from his, but he's like, I feel really discriminatory, like writing this as, as a dad and writing, writing this as, as a dad, you know, like there's moms in my audience. And really my whole thing is advocating for daughters. And I'm like, Zach, do you see my audience avatar? It's angel. Do you know <laughs> who I'm talking to right now? I'm talking to you, a dad. Yeah. Like if I market to Angel, if I talk about Angel, if my whole goal is to help Angel, other people are still different and still resonate with that. Like my audience avatar that I read yesterday was based off of me and how in my relationship I had a I have a ex pro motocross racer and I feel overwhelmed by that. Angel, is your ex a pro motocross racer? <laughs> no. <laughs> At any point in time, have you dated somebody that was, like, a super extremist athlete? Uh, kind of, but not, <laughs> like... Fair enough. Okay. Silly question. Before, uh, before this, like, before the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah. No, I have not. No, you have 
love it. But you still resonate with my story, right? Yes, I do. And I have dads that resonate with my story. Why do they resonate with my story? Why do you think Zach resonates with my story, Angel? Because he still has a lot of the same issues. Like it's a lot of the same things that he struggled with. It's still needing to learn, just not in the same way. And I think also because he is a dad and he, he knowing who he is, you know, has kids who he knows are going to go through the same kind of struggle. Precisely. And um, do you think that the Tennessee ladies also date extremist pro racers and X racers? They're mostly married, but uh, no, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah. But they all resonate with my story, right? Yeah, like correct. They all they all still look up to me in that in the same regards as to how I wrote it, even though I'm talking about myself and I talk to me as if I were five years younger. I'm still attracting people from all different backgrounds. Yeah. So it's really important that by kind of playing off that same theme of like you have to choose. You can't talk to everybody because if you talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Yep. Exactly. In the hope, in the hopes of like, <clears throat> I really need these people to like, I really need to grow my following. Like I really need as many followers as possible to get sponsors. So I'm just going to make mm -hmm. these really generic wheelie posts and these really generic, like, um, fail Friday posts. I don't know. Whatever the generic thing is that's going around right now. I don't even know what it is. Cause I don't pay attention, but <laughs> the, the reason why that like the wheelie posts, I know a lot of people get a whole bunch of followers from just posting wheelies three times a day. But the thing <laughs> is, is are any of those people actually listening to you? Like yeah. what you have to say? Do are they do they care about you? Are they invested in your success, your failures, your your process, your journey, and all of that stuff? They're not. They they're just there for the wheelie videos. And if you start posting stuff about yourself, you're going to lose the people that are there just for the wheelie videos. Yeah. And so people freak out about that and and won't do anything else because they're so focused on that following number that they don't mm -hmm. care about the impact that having a following that doesn't care about you has. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Great auditory listening right there. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. For the, for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, oh, we forgot to mention our, our technology fails. Since I lost my train of thought, we're going to talk about the technology fails for a hot <laughs> second. So the very okay. first podcast, Angel and I redid it three times, and we really thought we nailed it on the third time. We were like, we got it. We made a we podcast. So we finally did it. It was all rehearsed and everything. It took two hours to actually like the, we got a notice on the screen that said, do not exit the chat until this <laughs> thing has finished uploading. And we were like, ooh, we better not leave. And we were on the computer for another two hours, just like hanging around, walking around the house with the computers with us while this thing was uploading. And it finally uploaded and Angel was the only one that had access to all of the stuff that uploaded, but I'm the one with all of the accounts, the podcasts and the YouTube and everything. So then she had to get me all of that techno stuff and it showed up on the Dropbox and it was just a video of me this time. There was no angel in it and then there was no audio attached to that video either. And then and then she only sent me her audio and not my audio. Like it was all segmented and 
and chunked out. So then at the end of the day, we had no video and I had to like edit two audio clips together. Man, it was really, really spot on. We really killed it that first podcast. <laughs> We're getting a lot better. Okay. Last a time it nearly as long. If you didn't have a hamster running your internet, it would be fine. <laughs> um, also, fun fact, I ran the house out of high-speed internet, apparently. I didn't realize that it was limited. <laughs> and they made sure to tell me that it just renewed, like, last week, and I already ran it out, uploading the two <laughs> podcast episodes. <laughs> so, whoops. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're going to be on Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're doing it at the shop today. <laughs> um, that's great. Yeah, so kind of along those lines. So now when you, when you think about just talking to the person, that the one person, right? I'm just talking to you, Angel, and kind of mm-hmm. how we make this podcast. So here's here's a good way to think about like, well, what's my story? What am I supposed to tell people? How am I supposed to write out these audience avatars. Angel and I just had a moment, like I had an aha moment, and this takes a lot of training to come up with, okay? This isn't just something that happens off the cuff, but like you experience a problem, you solve it, you should share that solution with people and that develops your story. Like now I can go forth and I can tell people that story of our really terrible podcasting. And while I was thinking about it, I was like, I should make a guide for podcasters about all the shit that they don't know they need to know, like how much data it takes to upload upload videos and obviously not to use StreamYard for your first time and think that you're streaming <laughs> live to social media when you're not and and that when it records, it only goes to the host screen and not the invitees screen and like you can use Dropbox, but this happens and that happens. Like now that we've had that, I can now share that. Yeah. You know, and that has its own story. That was just its own, own little mini story. Like, I'm not an expert in podcasting, but now I can share a story that other people relate to. I'm like, listen, I suck at technology. (laughs) Just listen like three minutes ago. Like I'm terrible with technology, but I'm doing a podcast. Like, let me show you how to do it. I'm just doing it on teams. It's really high tech. It's it's not. (laughs) Um, But I also had an idea this morning, uh, kind of probably a little too much information, but if you're listening to this, then you're part of my audience. And if you're not, you'll bail. But Angel and I were just having this discussion where I had recently stopped my hormone therapy that I was on. Um, and because of that, it has started some wickedly horrible um, side effects involving like just women's cycles in general. And I went and did some training yesterday and I had such debilitating pain that now I want to write a guide or a book or something for women that want to start training in enduro or hard enduro um, for all of the things that I have to learn that I didn't have somebody teach me. Like there's a lot of, we kind of sort of talked about it, but there's a lot of stuff that go in for women writing that not a lot of people know about and nobody's willing to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is that a lot of people, well, a lot of the things that we've been talking about on this podcast are like kind of gatekeep, like gatekeeping like you know people don't want to give away the secrets because that's how they got their success and if they give it away then other people are going to be successful and that's going to make them less successful which doesn't make sense but um but like especially like on the topic of like hard enduro like like you said people don't want to talk about these things like a woman's monthly cycle is taboo in general in our society most of the time but then like you know I think that 
a lot of times women would be like, if you know, you wrote this book, women are going to take the book to their husbands and boyfriends and be like, look, <laughs> this, this right here, this happens to other people. Because I think that's something that happens a lot is that people just don't get it. That like other people do have these experiences, like talking in terms of like writing, you know, like I had a lot of struggles when I started my ex did not because even though he wasn't a pro um he had had a lot of time on bicycles and street bikes and stuff like that so when we moved to dirt biking he was already good and I was like putt 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 thus Gary the snail is my bike's name so like but I I think that just illustrates like you know like you said people are gonna relate to it like a lot (laughs) yeah and it doesn't have to be something grand and momentous you know like It really genuinely is when I tell people like everybody gets hung up on the story. We haven't even talked about story. We talked about audience avatars and and audience avatars are kind of built around your story. We'll talk about story in another episode somewhere. But everybody's all like, I don't understand this. Why? Like, why? Why do I do what I do? Like, I do it because it's fun. I do it because I like it. I'm like, there's. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you do. <laughs> there's there's more to the story than that. And it's always like it doesn't have to be this huge, big, grand scale thing. Like for me, it all started with I sunk my dirt bike. I got really mad. And then I saw some really cool stuff. And I was like, being mad was stupid. Nobody should be that mad ever on a dirt bike. I'm going to make sure nobody gets that mad. Like that was my purpose at first. Yeah. And and now like in the sense of podcasting, I'm like, nobody should have to redo their first episode three times. That's my purpose. And now like, like, um, kind of the whole backing behind the TKO challenge is, is illustrating a lot of the pain points that women go through in, in training for these kinds of things, because I, I know that there are women that do it, but I know nothing about any of them. Like I stalk all of them, all of their social medias, everyone and all i see are really cool badass videos of women because i feel like myself included we really need to like build this huge facade of like women can do stuff too and we're so like we can do it that nobody is talking about all of this stuff underneath and now i'm like well i ran into this problem and i ran into this problem and i ran into this thing and i had no idea that these were going to be problems and they're really big problems that i haven't figured out yet (laughs) yeah and i i think that's really important it's something i told you somebody had told me when i first started like getting into writing that like i shouldn't post about like my failures or getting hurt And I was like, but that's part of writing. Like that's, she's like, well, um, something along the lines of it's going to make people not want to do it. And I was like, I think it's going to make people not want to do it. If all they see is the good stuff all the time, the wheelies, the people, you know, making it up the hills and all of that stuff. And that's the idea that people have in their head. It's not realistic because you don't jump on the bike and get to do that unless you're absolutely freaking amazing. Um, But even then, like, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, you really have to practice and you have to like really work hard to get to that point. And I think it's, more realistic to share the struggles and all of that stuff to share your training you know we talked about last time the thing that's going to be imprinted in my head forever is you falling off your bike and almost losing your hand (laughs) (laughs) I am scarred for life by that but it's a real it's a real 
fear, you know, like that's something I've always been afraid of. And now I've seen it and I'm always like, if I fall, I'm going to bring my hands in. Like, that's what's just going to happen from now on. So like, but I think that you learn from those things. And I think that there's a small group of women, at least that I've started following that are starting to post those things. Like it's okay to fail. It's okay to not hit it every time. And I think that that's better for women writers because especially a lot of the times we come in with our confidence just so low anyway, because we're women and we shouldn't be able to do all of it, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, <laughs> just like, I just think it's a great direction to go. Yeah. And I also want to add, um, if you listen to the first episode, I said that I have this stigma about never wanting to run the women's class. Um, that is not a knock on the women's class. That is, that is a knock on the the way that it's run in my state <laughs> and yeah. i am actually working with a lot of people in my state to help build it into a better program how it's run in my state is that um a 125 cc bike can race against a 500 cc bike a 16 year old can run a 16 year old who's been running since she first had wheels on a stasic you know can race against somebody who it's their first time on a dirt bike period and i i always thought that that wasn't fair i especially i remember very distinctly i had a uh it was a set of twins they walked up to me and i was like hey it was really cool racing with you and they're like yeah we usually run the a class but we just enlisted in the military so we had to take it easy and i was like that's kind of fucked up in my opinion that you can be <laughs> an expert class and and sign up for the women's class and race against a bunch of novices to take a win to, to like take it easy. Like, I think, I don't think that that's fair to the women who signed up for it. Cause the whole point of the women's class was supposed to be an introduction. It's not mm -hmm. meant to be a competition class where I'm at, where yeah. I live. <laughs> that's, that was the whole point. And so I'm working with some local ladies to to build it out and actually make a place for the women who have graduated from the women's class to go because they stay in the women's class because there's nowhere to go. Um, they can like bounce in and out of the women's class into more competitive classes, but they always have the option to return. And I don't think that's fair. Like if you bump into an expert class, you should then be in like an expert women's class and not the novice women's class, the intro class. <laughs> Actually, I think that's a really important thing to have explained because I completely like I knew that because I've ridden with you. And we had that conversation when I did my first enduro with you. Um, you know, we had that conversation because I was like, what class do I do? And I was like, I don't freaking know. And you're like, yeah, there's pretty much only one. So I remember having that conversation, but it's good for you to explain to people, especially because like there's people in other states watching this who have no clue. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. Now that that train has derailed, sorry, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get back on the train. Yeah. Um, I forgot. What were some of the other points that we were supposed to talk about Angel? I feel like, I feel like I really touched on the whole, like by talking to one person, you're talking to many. Yeah. Um, how to use your audience for social media. Um, yeah, it's really about sharing that story kind of, kind of situation. That's, that's really, I feel like the biggest, the biggest thing with social media is, is to not make it all pretty. And I think, 
I think that that's really, really a sticking point for some people. I know that I've had this conversation a couple times with a couple different people of like, social media should really be optimized to make every second count for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I agree, I don't think it should be 100%. Like, everybody has their reason for having a social media page. And you have to know what that social what that reason is, you know? Like, mm-hmm. my whole reason, I started it to document. Just document what I do. All, mm-hmm. all the time. And then I started my business page to run a business. And that business page is is just, it was originally supposed to be about sponsorships. And then I turned it into clinics because that was really what I wanted to do. And my own personal, like, excitement is just around marketing. Like, I just really like marketing. I love marketing. <laughs> so sponsorships just kind of became my own thing. And now I kind of run it on my personal page a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it's just the business is about the clinics. We share a whole bunch of testimonies. We share like educational content on there. We share some fun stuff. But for the most part, it's really just like clinic, 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 clinic. But mm-hmm. um, within that, there's a whole bunch of stories that we tell, right? We we tell Jackie's story. We tell your story. We tell my story. We tell Joey's story. There's so many different stories that other people can relate to. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. your own. It's thinking what does this, what could one of my followers be thinking or going through in, in a certain situation that we could help them with, you know, like, um, I don't know, <laughs> you got anything for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that when people come in for the clinics, at least like, you know, that's the, the comfort. So just yeah. that comfort. And I think that's the biggest thing that people relate to, um, you know, in that, in that aspect of it. Yeah. And um, sharing stories kind of about how people, how people have, how they felt when they came in, like where they started versus kind of where they ended, I think is really, really big and impactful. But I keep my, my whole page separate from the clinic page, not just because this past month, it's become more than just me right now. There's four people that just got added to the team. It's crazy and amazing. Um <laughs> But my personal page stays for me so that I can document all the extra stuff that goes into this, kind of like what we were talking about, like um, training, nutrition, like personal health care and, and like injury prevention, stretching routines, how to make ice cream without eating ice cream, you know, just like the random yeah. stuff that we talk about. Like there's so much, it's almost painful to think that I could make all of that into social media stuff and it's like i could sit here just based off of this conversation that we had i could yeah watch this podcast back or this youtube video back and i could sit here and be like i'll make a reel on this 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 because your social media should not be thinking like oh my god what do i create it should be what can i document yeah and I think that that's really important. I'm just going to, that's my new slogan now when I do a podcast is I think that that's really important or the big thing to remember here is those are my two really used phrases. <laughs> it's a good way to highlight though. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So then why does that become like important to sponsors then? How do you relate that over to them? Oh, Oh yes. Um, it's a, it's a great question. I know the answer. I just have to, just have to reframe it in my head. It's important because kind of like what we talked about yesterday with the, the Chick-fil-A and the monster analogy yesterday, last week, um, 
same where thing. You can't, you can't have both. The, yeah. It's so, here it is. It's so important. <laughs> um, when you talk to sponsors, they have to be invested in you. They have to actually like you. Like you have to be different from a billboard and your difference from a billboard is is the people that you interact with and the the stories that you have to tell about people. I love yeah. to bring in reviews. Like I I actually um I'll, sometimes I'll screenshot or I'll take little tiny recording snippets out of our conversations and they go into like a media portfolio. And that media portfolio is what I send off to sponsors and I'll be like, this is what people say when when they talk about me to to other people, you know, like this is this is why people take my opinion seriously or why they think that that um, that you sponsoring me would be such such an impact for them. Like it's yeah. not even about me. It's about them. And I think that that's really an important distinction to make when you're talking to sponsors. It should never be about you. It should never be like, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to win so many races. When you sponsor me, all of the people are going to run to me and they're going to see your logo. Like nobody cares. <laughs> what they do care about, though, is <clears throat> your ability to to move people because this business is the business is the function of moving people from one step to the next. And that doesn't mean like selling them on anything. It means your ability to make a call to action without without selling and mm -hmm. your audience's engagement with you to follow that call to action. In this case, um, like I test it all the time. I send you messages and I'm like, hey, I just had this idea for for the book about yep. like women's struggles in, in dirt biking. What do you think? And then your responses go into a little folder that I keep. And then I go to to businesses that I think would make good partners for that, like trainers and and fitness and um, like doctors and people of places of study. And I'll be like, this is this is the feedback I'm getting. I really want to make this happen. Would you like to partner and have your name in there? And these people that say that they like would need that in their lives are waiting for this. Yeah. Are you are you going to leave them hanging? You know, it's about them. It's never about you. It's never like. I really want to do this thing. It's like, I want to do this thing for them. Yeah. Um, if that makes audience any easier to understand. <laughs> I think it does. I think that makes, like, when you think about it, like, there, now that you've explained it, it makes a lot of sense. And it, like, it makes sense why a sponsor would essentially give a crap. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, because otherwise it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, like you said, like, cool, you can win so many races, but I'm going to have 85 people come to me and tell me they're all going to win the race this week. Like, I, Remember when I said before we started this, I forgot what the other thing I wanted to talk about yeah. was? You're a commodity <laughs> when you talk about winning. That's what I wanted to talk about. You're a commodity and people are price shopping when you're a commodity. You need to make mm -hmm. yourself stand out in the market. I was listening to a podcast by Russell Brunson this morning. He was talking mm -hmm. about the pyramid. Oh, I'm so glad that we, we just had this. He was talking mm -hmm. about the pyramid of business where he said the very top of the pyramid, the very peak is the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is like the idea man, the businessman. Their whole, their whole purpose is um, they're really passionate about the thing they do and they're really stoked to tell people about the thing they do. That's the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is not very good at doing things. Um, the entrepreneur needs to hire tradesmen or technicians to do the stuff, 
Technicians are the people that go to school to learn the stuff. The problem with being a technician is that you have a cap. You have a salary mm -hmm. cap. You go to school to be a doctor. That's really great. Doctors make really great money. Doctors make a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Like that's as much as you go. There, there's mm -hmm. nothing that you can do or or say that has an impact on that on that amount of money. Whether you work less hours or more hours, if you're salaried, that's how much you make. That's a cap. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're, <clears throat> those people are commodities because mm -hmm. if they can find somebody better than you for cheaper, they're gonna. Like a business is not in place to make the employees money. The mm -hmm. business is in place to make the entrepreneur money. Mm -hmm. It's not to make the employees rich. It's to make the entrepreneur money. So yeah. if, if you're a commodity, you can be replaced. So if you're just a racer who wins, you will be and you're asking for money, you will be replaced by a racer who wins, who will take a discount. Yep. So you need, how do I stand out? How do I not be a commodity? I'm not mm -hmm. a commodity. I'm not a commodity. I am one of three people I know that teaches sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, so why would, like, I could charge the $10,000 that Chris Bayless charges. I could charge the $6,000 that the Action Sports Club charges. Um, I don't. <laughs> right now, <laughs> the course that I have up is $7. Like it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, my group coaching is expensive. It is yeah. because I am not a commodity, even yeah. though I am in the same market. I teach the same, like we all teach the same stuff, but we teach mm -hmm. it differently. We teach it in different ways. I talk to different people. I, I have a different purpose than they do about yeah. what they do. Like I'm invested in seeing the sport grow. So, yeah. but at the same time, I can't just put a cap on on myself i can't say okay for one hour i'm going to like i'll trade one-on-one -on -one coaching one hour for a hundred dollars like i can't do it i can't yeah. do it my whole calendar would blow up and i would have no time to train for myself or anything so instead now i get to say yeah i'll do group coaching like twice a month not twice a month um two times a week and it's five thousand for three months mm -hmm. like that's pretty cheap frankly, yeah, yeah. for two, two hour sessions a week for three months at five grand, it's really cheap. And I can say that because I am my own program. Like I am yeah. not just a copycat of Action Sports Club or Chris Bayless. Chris Bayless works with companies to start sponsorships. Yeah. Action Sports Club is, is really about like Making the race. I mean, we actually, we had a meeting together. I actually talked with the Action Sports Club. It seems like we're pretty similar. I'm not going to lie. It seems like we're pretty similar in, in the aspect of like, we really want racers and, and motorsports people to like generate their own revenue outside of sponsorships. Like they use sponsorships to start their own thing that then will make them continuous money throughout the rest of their life so that they don't have to keep going after sponsorships. That's the yeah. goal. Um but I feel like they do it in pursuit of money and I mm -hmm. do it in pursuit of passion. Yeah. Like, like they do it. I said in pursuit of money, like action sports clubs goal is, I mean, it is to make money, but it's not to make money, you know, like they're, they're helping racers make money versus I'm helping racers in passion, like growing the sport passion, not just like I'm passionate yeah. about racing. Like I want the sport to grow. Those are the people I talk to. 
So I'm not a commodity to them. They can't yeah. price shop me because I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I did a lot of repetition there, but does that make sense? Am I running around in circles? No, it, no, makes, it sense. makes sense. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think that should be everybody's New Year's resolution. Maybe I will make this the New Year's episode. Don't make yourself a commodity. Yeah. Make that your New Year's resolution. And that's part of sharing your struggles. Your whole story yep. and everything. That's how you make yourself not a commodity. Just yeah. don't be another racer on the block. Need help doing that? Here's my shameless plug. Need help doing <laughs> that? My course is only $7. <laughs> $7. Um, yeah, no, and you can find it at leakymotoranch.com backslash sponsorships. Or the link is in the description of wherever you're watching this. Um, or you can just go to leakymushroom.com and then go to the sponsorship tab and it'll pop up. Um, I'm currently not doing group coaching, but if you want group coaching, you should probably actually email me. Um, and we can talk about it because if I get enough requests, then I'll open the program back up again. But uh, as of right now, I won't start that again until probably June. Is that the month after April? Yeah, May. Yeah, May. <laughs> oh, shit, it is May. <laughs> <laughs> um i'll open my group coaching back up in may um but if you want it sooner you should dinner for christmas <laughs> <laughs> you should you should probably email me um and, and if i get enough requests maybe i'll open it sooner but that's that cool are there do you have any questions angel i do not i think you did fantastic cool um, well, if you're a listener out there and you have questions or comments or concerns, I don't think you can comment on podcast channels, but you should like send me a message on Instagram. I'm at captain.hurley on Instagram and your bike angel 613 on Instagram. So if you have questions, you should send us a message on Instagram and we'll make podcasts about them. This podcast was based off of a couple questions that I received off of this one. So hooray. Um, also, I looked at the analytics. We have 19 downloads in our first two episodes. Wow. Yay. 19 listening. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that makes sense. I was trying to figure out. I'm like, I have one listener in Russia, one in Germany, and one in like Denmark. Like, who's in Denmark? I got it now. I figured it out. That's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but cool. Okay. Um, with that, I guess you got to end. Yeah. It's your uh, turn. Yeah, I know. I wasn't prepared. It just occurred to okay. me that it's my turn. Oh, no. Fantastic. Oh, no. Um, you can steal my roller coaster one if you need to. No, I'll be an adult and I will look one up on yeah. Google yeah. and then I will edit this so that nobody has to listen to me type. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm going to be a full grown adult and Google this. Oh, oh, goodness. Goodness. Oh, oh my God. While you're looking that up, uh, Andy the other day came across this web page of entirely mushroom puns. Yes. And she proceeded to read almost all of them off to me. <laughs> all of Christmas. That was my Christmas gift. And I was like, I'm going to hit you if you don't stop. 
hey, hey. What did one wall say to the other? I'll meet you at the corner. No! Damn it! <laughs> no! <laughs> I just happened to have a corner right there that I was looking directly at. <laughs> All right, fine. How does a penguin build its house? Ooh. Um, penguin, penguin. Mm. I don't know. It glues it together. Oh my God. Okay. Why can't I just leave? <laughs> anyway, now that my fake laugh is over, uh, I guess we'll call that a really quick episode. We're going to make it 30 minutes this time instead of an hour. Nailed it. Okay. Um, send us your questions so that we have more stuff to talk about. Otherwise, I'll just keep making it up as we go along. So anyway. Bye. <laughs>